Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Disney Dining Show, coming to you from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined at the table this week by my good friend, Sean Falk. Hi. Denny Sunderly. Hi there. And back in production, Nook Corey Escanaro. Hey, everybody. And this week, we are going to uh, talk about your picks for the best table service restaurants at Epcot. A few weeks ago, we put out polls both on Facebook and on disboards.com asking you to select what your favorite restaurants were and some surprising results. But before we get to that, just a couple things. First, uh, I want to remind everybody that this show, along with all the shows that we produce here, are brought to you by dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Uh, Dreams Unlimited is a travel agency that I started along with my business partners, John Magi and Donna Lefevre, back in 1999. And uh, we started it because we wanted to create something specific to assist Disney fans in kind of navigating the intricacies of uh, booking a Disney vacation, which were already pretty intricate back in 1999. And now you really kind of need... A PhD. So for some people, you know, like, you know, we talk on the dining show all the time about, you know, how to get reservations and what you have to consider. And Sean uh, is one of our Dreams Unlimited travel agents. Mm -hmm. And Sean deals with this all the time because Sean will either advise, depending on what the client wants, you'll either advise what restaurants or you'll go ahead and make the ADRs for them. Yeah. Um, So uh, just want to let you know that if you, Want to support our show and our content? A great way to do that is to book your next Disney vacation with DreamsUnlimitedTravel.com. I also want to remind everybody, because this became a thing in my awareness, of how many people do not know about the menu database we maintain on the Diz and have for years. So virtually every menu from every quick service, table service restaurant at Walt Disney World, we keep in a database, and we update it constantly. They're usually updated. Uh, you know, we don't like the menus to go any more than six months old. Sometimes they do, but uh, we try and keep them all updated. So the fact that it's in a database and it's not just an image of a menu uh, it means that it's searchable. It's searchable not just by restaurant, but it's searchable by types of food, um, you know, certain dishes, things like that. It's a very robust database that we have in a very robust area of the Diz, wdwinfo.com, our dining section, which has just a tremendous amount of information. So I wanted to let everybody know and remind everybody that we have this great resource. If you're looking at what places you want to eat, um, thinking about what different options you have, having a searchable database is a great tool. So we'll make sure... There are links to that and to Dreams in the show notes just below this or uh, this video or on disunplugged.com. So, mm. there's my housekeeping. <laughs> <coughs> so, let's talk about these poll results. Because we got to talk to you people. Um, some of these I agree with. For which part? This is uh, Epcot, sorry. Okay. This is for Epcot. Some of these I agree with. Some of them I'm like, you hit your head. Um, the number one table service restaurant at Epcot, according to this poll, Via Napoli. Really? 
I think it's the family styleness of it that people like, and it's very, Mm -hmm. very uh, traditional. Like, you get a lot of people that are like, you know, every year we come down, we eat at Via Napoli, and there's always restaurants that are like that, but Via Napoli pops up a lot, and it's actually kind of hard to get a reservation there. Like, it's not the easiest thing in the world to... To get. And everybody likes pizza. And and so if you're looking for something at, and, and um, you're trying to keep costs down, even though it, Via Napoli is not inexpensive necessarily, but um, you, want, you need to feed everybody at one fail swoop and get something that everyone in your travel party is going to enjoy. Pizza's yeah. a great way to go. And it's a cool place. This is like this is one of the places that when I was coming down here on vacation, we did not miss a trip without going here. Uh, and like Denny was just saying, like, yeah, like if everybody's on board with pizza, you can get that big family style pizza yeah. and it's like 36 bucks and you will feed everybody. Yeah. 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 But lately, um, so I never really saw the appeal. I didn't think the pizza was that great. Um, but lately, a lot of people have been saying it's yeah. going downhill, mm-hmm. that it's going downhill. So I wonder how long it's going to maintain this. Number two on the list, though. Makes perfect sense. This is a perpetual favorite. Um, and it only was like three votes separated Le Cellier from Via Napoli. So really, they're kind of tied for first. Um, Le Cellier, I do get. It's a very good restaurant, but it's an incredibly overpriced steak. Yeah, it it is expensive. It's definitely a special occasion kind of thing. Um We've my family's eaten there for special occasions in the past. It, it, it there is just and we referred to this um, when we were uh, doing the we were reviewing the brunch that they're doing for the Festival of the Arts, the weekend brunch. You are paying for some of the cachet of just being in La Cellier. It is this warm and enveloping environment it's um it's beautiful and there's it's not huge it's not a ginormous restaurant that's going to seat everybody um but it is it is it just has this mystique to it and a really good steak yeah it's uh i mean it is expensive for sure i mean even for a steakhouse Mm -hmm. it's expensive and it's going to be on that line of like ruth's chris or like capital grill or anything like that but more expensive but yeah even more more after all but you're in the park too so it's like you are in you're at disney and in the park and i just it has enough menu items that i love la Cellier is one of my favorites at, at on property on disney property period i would eat at la Cellier if they picked it up and moved it off disney property yeah. i would still i would still go out of my way to eat there if it was on international or mm-hmm. you know in a hometown somewhere i would still pay the money to eat there but it's also important to note that uh it is a two table service credit restaurant if you are on the disney dining plan and that did Take, put a dent in its popularity. When this was a one-table service credit restaurant... It was a score. You yep. you couldn't touch a reservation mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. You just couldn't touch a reservation. Um, and everybody was like, this is the most... I, I don't get my my my, my reservation at Le Cellier. My, my entire vacation is ruined. My children are going to need therapy. Um, oh, no, you, you have no idea. Oh, yeah. That, you know, we, we see people on the board saying... My children are literally screaming, crying right now because we don't have a cell yet. Okay. I don't know what to do with you. Um, number three makes absolute sense. I personally think, given price, value, ambiance, quality of food, it should be number one right now at Epcot. But that is Chefs de France. Um, we've been talking a lot about this restaurant recently. Um 
You know, I always loved it. And then I really, I don't know what happened. I stopped going. Not, nothing, nothing went wrong. I didn't have bad experiences. No, I just stopped going and realized that, you know, later last year and said, okay, I need to go back. And we did. And yep. uh, Sean's family was in town. We went, mm-hmm. we had, I'm like, oh my God, this is really good. And then we went and did a review there and been back uh, again for my mom's birthday for candlelight processional and always good service is phenomenal food is excellent and i think for price per value on this restaurant is probably one of the best at at epcot in my opinion that for what you get and what you pay the pricing here is really good, um, I, and it has a lot of good variety of options of things. Um, obviously, especially for like French food, but there is you know main uh, you know there's seafood dishes. There like a, there there is salmon. There's going to be uh, more meat dishes, you know beef and that kind of stuff. But also some vegetarian options. There's macaroni and cheese. There's that's more of like a gourmet mac and cheese. So it does have a good variety of things. It's not a hard reservation to get. Um, you, I mean, I've seen it out as early as like two weeks before it's time for people to travel. So it is a really safe bet, I would say, for a lot of people. I, it's not my favorite restaurant at Epcot, but and I, I think it's a very good consistently. But like, it's not going to top like the Cellier or something for me. But for the price and the value that you're getting, it's a really, really great choice, especially if you're booking last minute and you're like, it's one of the best of the last minute. ADRs right. that you can get as well. Now, number four on the list, I uh, I agree with that. This is definitely one of the best places to eat at Epcot, and that's Garden Grill yep. over in the Land Pavilion in Absolutely. Future World. That's what took my vote, and I was considering voting for Le Cellier, but the thing about it is, I really like Le Cellier for dinner, not for so much the other experiences like the brunch. But I voted for Garden Grill because every time of the day, I love every meal I've ever had there. And again, it's one of those staples that I've been going to for literally every Disney trip forever, and I just love it. And you know, it, it, it's got a it's got a number of things going for it. Number one, uh, the character interaction is great. I've always enjoyed mm-hmm. that. The fact that the restaurant rotates around the living with the land attraction and as you're eating you can see different scenes from that attraction as you go um both really really cool unique experiences Mm -hmm. uh that you have there but they also do all that with great service Mm -hmm. and fantastic food Mm -hmm. and not fantastic once in a while it's consistent it's sort of family style, so they bring out big, you know, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. They're going to bring out big, big plate of food for everybody, and they'll replenish it. Yep. As you ask, I think the big thing here is that people haven't tried it. Uh, so, like, my family never tried it. If we were going to eat something at Epcot, we always ate in the World Showcase. You wanted to eat like in one of the country pavilion restaurants. And so I actually had never eaten here until I started working here, and we've went and reviewed it a few times and went after. And I was like, this is so good. It's so fresh and light. And that's the thing. When you're walking around a park, sometimes it's like you don't want this huge, heavy thing, and you're just like, I kind of want more of a refreshing meal. And it is very – it's a very unique experience. And I think that if more people had tried it, it would be higher on the list than it is. Well, I wonder – I've always wondered if the name – doesn't turn some people off. It does. Garden yeah. Grill. Mm-hmm. Garden, like, oh, they're going to feed me vegetables. No. 
And so yeah. it's not that. It's, I, I've always been, we were always tur- not turned off, but confused by like the smuckers part because it's always got the big smucker sign. So we always thought maybe it was something for breakfast. It's we, we get to the park, yeah. we would run over to Soren, we'd see a bunch of people eating and you see Pluto and all that kind of stuff. And we're like, okay, this is some like smuckers breakfast experience kind of thing. We didn't even know it was a restaurant. Like we knew it was a restaurant, but we thought it was just an experience kind of thing where you pay to eat in the morning time to be in living with the land. And it just never rang a bell that it was something beyond breakfast foods. Cause that's when we were always in uh, the land area and having the big smucker sign, like that was really confusing too. So I was like, I just don't know what this is. Well, I mean, for me among character meals on property, uh, uh, Tusker house is always going to be my number one. This is my number two. Um, of all the places you can go for a character meal. Um, when they come to you, you don't have to get up and schlep the kids around the restaurant. They come straight to your table. You can just point. sit there and wave at them if the kids don't want to get up. But, but it's everything not, and, and, comes to you. But what really imp- has always impressed me every single time I've been there, and not just I don't just pay attention to what they're doing with me. I pay attention to what they're doing mm-hmm. at other tables. These characters... So are so interactive mm-hmm. and so engaging. They don't just come around, sign an autograph, take a picture, and move on. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing that goes on. And they're phenomenal. They're really phenomenal. So if you haven't done Garden Grill, you may think it's not your thing, whatever. Give it a try. I could eat that cinnamon roll every day. Yeah. I look like I have. <laughs> um, all right. So um, we can't go through all of these. We'll just... <coughs> Go through the top five. Um, number five is Teppanito um, at uh, uh, J- the Japan Pavilion. Mm-hmm. Teppanito being the uh, uh, hibachi, the hibachi mm-hmm. like almost performance mm-hmm. art uh, restaurant uh, where the chef, you know, it's kind of like a Benihana. The chef mm-hmm. comes out and cooks everything up. Um, very popular, has always been very popular. Um, haven't been there in a while, so I really can't. I've been, I've been within the last you know, year and a half, I'd say. And I just, I don't think it's even up to the level of Benihana. I don't, I like, I just don't think it's that great of a hibachi. Um, and it certainly wouldn't make it on its own necessarily outside of where it's located, but it is also a really safe bet. I mean, it's a great, it's really entertaining to take kids there. It's really, um, I mean, the food is always solidly good, but I don't think it's any different than what you could get standard at, a Benihana or whatever, but there's also a lot of people who visit that don't live anywhere close to a hibachi. I mean, I didn't grow up. Mm-hmm. I grew up like three hours from the closest hibachi place. So the first time I came to Di- like one of the first times I came to Disney, I ate there and it was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Cause I had never been to one. And after I sought them out and was like, Oh, some of these other ones are a little better, but it, it's a good solid choice. And they also serve noodles instead of rice. And it's kind of odd to me. Yeah. Like I like getting rice better. So I absolutely love Teppanetto. Um, however, it doesn't even pull into my top five for Epcot. Uh, just because, like Sean said, I have found better hibachis cheaper off property. Yeah. And not to mention, we don't cook in my house. We don't. But sometimes we do. And Haley cooks hibachi. And honestly, I prefer her hibachi over Teppanetto's. So, I mean... Not to knock either, t- not to knock either of them, but we don't cook, and I like Haley's better. All right, well let's let's go to the uh, other end of the spectrum here and take a look at some of the restaurants that you rated worst. Um, 
Nine Dragons got oh. one vote. I love Nine Dragons. Well, you know, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about this for a second. Um, Nine Dragons was one of my worst restaurants for a very very long time, and for good reason. It wasn't very good. However, in recent years, they have improved. Um, and I wouldn't have known that if Sean hadn't. He loves it. If he hadn't dragged me into this yeah, restaurant yeah. and had and dragged is the word to use, that dragged me in. Um, and I was like, wow, this is actually really good. And they were doing, I think the one time we were there, they were doing like a lunch special. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a really good deal. And... I don't know if they do it all the time or not, but they have an option. That's all they always have some kind of special usually at lunch. And it's, it's I think it was $22 and it came with an appetizer and an entree. And it was really good and really like incredibly well-priced. I think the problem we have with Chinese restaurants like this is that we all have a local Chinese restaurant we love and order from. And that is our baseline. So, you know, I, I know all the time, like, I have my Chinese restaurant. And on those occasions where I <coughs> order from a different one, it's never quite as good. Mm-hmm. Not as good. Because it's your Chinese restaurant. I think it's more, this this affects a Chinese restaurant more than probably any other type of specialty restaurant, be it Italian or pizza or things like that. Um, I think that's one of the things it suffers from, is that it's an unfair yeah. Comparison to your local Chinese. Um, I know people have said it's, you know, not as good as my local Chinese restaurant and a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. Give it a try. Mm-hmm. Give it a try. I think maybe we need to go back to another review. Yeah. We did um, one about a year and a half, two years ago, maybe. But And, and even then, like, we gave it fairly – we gave the appetizers really good remarks um, at that time. It, it is a good – Chinese restaurant, in my opinion, I'm the same way. So my hometown, I got you know Golden Dragons, my place. So like, if, anytime I take somebody there, they're like, "This is disgusting. Why do you like this?" And I'm like, "This, this is my Chinese restaurant. Like, this mm-hmm. is my my place." And I think, it, like I was saying with some of the other stuff, that it's a safe bet. This is one that I think is almost too safe of a bet for people where they're like, why should I spend that level of price when I can go to my own local Chinese place and spend like five bucks? Because right. it's so cheap right. to to go to a Chinese restaurant usually. But if you are in Epcot, especially on a holiday, a lot of times on holidays, Nine Dragons will still have reservations when other mm-hmm. places don't. Oh, so yeah. if you're there and you need one. Know that it's going to be a good meal. If it's, you want can you know? yeah, if you're wanting candlelight processional yeah, exactly. or any of these things at the last minute, and you've suddenly decided to come, you're going to Nine Dragons. Yep. So like, but it's a good choice. There's a couple of other options too that you can do in there, but Nine Dragons is a good option for it that. Is. And now I'm hungry for Nine Dragons. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, one up from Nine Dragons with three votes. Uh, was uh, Nine Ta- Dragons was last? Was last. Yeah. I thought dead you started last. at like no, no, no it okay. was dead last. It okay. was last. Uh, Takumi Takumi Tai. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. the new one. That's the that is the new yeah. signature experience that has opened at at the Japan Pavilion in Epcot, and I I haven't tried it yet. I don't know if any of us have. Right, I think that's what's um, going on, and here. that's why that's there. So I'm not. I'm putting an asterisk on that one. Yeah. It is very very expensive yes. though, and I mean like. 
or eating there really next week. Well, it's really expensive, so get ready. Um, so it's <laughs> everything else in my life is expensive. Yeah. Why should that be any different? It, it's very pricey. I've been inside. It is beautiful. I think you've been inside too, Denny. I know. Oh, just, yeah. I've seen pictures. Oh. I've stood outside. I've talked with them. They would not. I was there for on opening day. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, and didn't have a reservation, so mm. wasn't able to step inside. But. Well, that was the thing. I didn't need. I was walking through the park, uh-huh. and I just I literally pulled up our site, and it said like it's. Suddenly o- yep. did soft openings that day. So I just walked up and I was like, can I come inside and look around? And they were like, yep. So like wow. they just let me in. They toured me around all five rooms. Right. So you go in and you are either in like a water room or a rock, a stone room or a wood room. And there were people eating. So I got to see a lot of the food. They had like Wagyu beef, which is pretty pricey anyway. And then they did let me see a uh, a tea ceremony that they do. So it's a traditional tea ceremony. They bring out this like smoke box thing that has the tea coming out of it. And it was like a long ceremonial thing. Uh, it was really cool though. Very so, expensive though. now, but, uh, with five votes up from, uh, Takumi's eye was, uh, Akershus, which I completely agree with. I think Akershus should actually be further down on this list. Um, terrible food, terrible, terrible, terrible food, but, it's got princesses. Mm-hmm. It does a character meal with princesses, so it's popular. Yeah. It's popular in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the alternative for people that can't get Cinderella's royal table in the Magic Kingdom. This mm-hmm. is an alternative for that. Um, those people don't like good food or don't care about the fact that the food is, you know, cold fish and. I mean, this like it's Norwegian food, but it's just not good, mm-hmm. and it doesn't appeal to it doesn't appeal to a, a, the masses. A, a mass uh, a mass palate. Yeah, um, I've actually never eaten there, um, but I mean, I've I've looked at the menu and it does interest me because I do like fish. I do like. I mean, I've been to Iceland and I enjoyed the food there, but it's like right. fish stew and stuff. So. Yes. You really gotta like that, and I think they had to throw princesses there to get people to go. So yeah, because they weren't doing it on the food. Yeah, I got the meatballs when we went, and uh, my niece was younger, and she loved all the princesses, which that was fantastic. But yeah, I stuck with the meatballs because I've had them at IKEA, and so I knew <laughs> that okay, I can I can handle a meatball. Uh-huh. This was years and years ago. But you do have to think there also when you add up. Because usually it's about four to five princesses. And when you add up the different times that you're going to stand in line or the amount of fast passes you need to use, like if you need to use a fast pass at Magic Kingdom, um, that's one of yours that you're not going to get for that day or for that time period. Or if you need to wait over an hour in line a lot of the times for a princess meet and greet, there's there four or five of the major princesses that most kids want to meet. It's worth it in that way. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Just – Eat somewhere else. Time, yeah. Eat somewhere else. All right. um, Fourth up on the list with seven votes here. Um, I agree with this too. Marrakesh. I don't. I know you don't. I know he loves. I love restaurant Marrakesh. I do not. Where is the Mexican restaurant? So, like, that's what I'm. Where are they at? Actually, got came with eleven votes. Eleven votes. But eleven people who hit their head and fell down a flight of steps. Marrakesh is hands down a top five for me. Me I mean, when we first moved here to Florida, I literally ate there once a week. Um, I think it's not my number one. I would never say this is the best restaurant in Epcot, but I I do love it, (coughs) and um, I think it's severely underrated. If Mm -hmm. we look back to. Around this time last year, we actually did do a review on it, 
and everybody kind of like they came out <coughs> in the the seven point five to eight point five range. Like people thought it was it was okay. okay. It was it was okay. It just is a type of food that does not appeal to me, and I think that is the problem. Mm-hmm. Is that in general, Middle Eastern food does not have wide appeal in the United States. And I'm you know I'm not saying anything political, I'm not saying anything, you know, racial or anything like that. It just it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, there's not a Middle Eastern restaurant in every corner. There's a Chinese restaurant in every corner. There's an Italian restaurant, but not a Middle East. The the food is not something that um you know, and it, technically I know Morocco's not in the Middle East, right. but you know what I'm saying. That yeah. that general that I mean, I love it. I love the look of the restaurant, especially. It's yeah. so cool of an environment. I love the look of the entire Morocco See, pavilion, I, oh, and, I and that's part of it for me. Is I that aesthetic is not pleasing to me. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's too cavernous. Yeah. It's too mm-hmm. loud, mm-hmm. especially when they get their show going, which is really cool. They do, you know, the belly dancers, and mm-hmm. the, you know, it's really cool. But it's so cavernous in there, and it's so loud, and it's like this isn't enjoyable. And you know, the food is. Okay, I mean, I didn't yeah, like, throw up. The food is the food is good. It's not. I mean, it's even for because I've been with several people that like love, love, love that kind of food, and they're like, you know, they love grape leaves and that kind of stuff, and they're like, you know, this isn't the best I've ever had of this, but it is nice for the option to be here at Disney. I think the overall issue is that even if you're with a group like me, this isn't my type of food. I have tried it because. It was something that was last second available. I went and actually enjoyed myself. But where my family and me, even if all of them love this type of food, I don't. And so most families have to come to a an understanding a and like a, a consensus yeah. of we're going to be in Napoli because everyone likes pizza kind mm-hmm. of thing. And they'll still have a good experience there. But like everyone in the group could want to go here and one person could not. And usually you're going to cave and be like, okay, they can't find anything they want to eat at this Moroccan restaurant. So that's their issue, I think. All right, rounding out the bottom five. And again, I went from number one to number five, uh, number one to number five on the top, and I'm going from bottom, from like the very, very last one up. Um, And uh, where was it? Where was it? Um, Monsieur Paul. Um. And I think this is a combination of things. Uh, one, uh, a lot of people don't because it's got nine votes. A lot of people don't know it exists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the chefs in the in the France Pavilion where Chefs de France is. There's you go around the back. There's an upstairs called Monsieur Paul. It's a two table service credit signature dining experience. This is more of a, a gourmet type experience. Um, and I think uh, a a lot of people think you need to be dressed. To eat there? Well, they say you do. They have a dress code, but they just don't enforce it. Well, they can't because nobody will go there. I carried dress clothes around in a backpack all yep. day to get ready to eat there, and then I showed up, and everybody was we- just wearing whatever. I see. I, I, I see people in shorts and t-shirts yeah. and mm-hmm. eating there. So if there's a dress code, no, it's not enforced. Yeah, and, they just don't enforce it. Um, so I think that's part of it. Um, but also, I have to say, the food there at one time was consistently excellent. Not so much anymore. It's very inconsistent. I've had great meals there. I've had disappointing meals there. And when you're talking about this price point where you're looking at roughly $100 a person for dinner without alcohol, Mm -hmm. you can't get away with that. So I understand why this restaurant is showing up 
sure. where it is. Um, we, we've eaten there on our anniversary just a few years ago. We had the opportunity to stay at the boardwalk, mm-hmm. brought our fancy clothes, dressed up in our fancy clothes, and then walked into Epcot and went straight to Monsieur Paul and had an amazing, amazing experience in there. Mm-hmm. It was a great meal. You really can, was, though. I mean, Oh, my goodness. And it was just so fun being all dressed up and on a special day there. And the cast members was, were great, and the food was great. So, yeah. We talked about we've talked about approachability, and uh, in some of the most mm. recent um, reviews, and I think this might be another one. I think Restaurant Marrakesh might yep. might um, f- succumb to this. Um, maybe Monsieur Paul does as well. But I agree that it's it's any number of of um, factors that are impacting the votes on the disboards. Yeah. Um, I, I think a big part of all these votes too uh, is like is like just the fact of what restaurants people have actually been to, right? So you look at like the top list, Via Napoli, uh, Chefs de France, Le Cellier. Those are all super popular locations. Whereas things like Monsieur Paul, I mean, I I wager that most people probably haven't got a chance to dine there or Takumi Tai, same thing. Um, so this is just uh, people's preferences, what they think is is the best picking in the park you know yeah i mean i've been to mr paul three times i think and every time the person who takes me is like this is one of my favorite places i absolutely love it and i go and they always come out and they're like it's usually always good i don't know what happened Mm. and so i've always got three times i've gotten the i don't know what happened experience and so i don't know what it's like beyond the beyond that i've I've literally hit it three times and when i mean i'd spend over a hundred dollars so i was like uh like that you know don't really know that it's something I go out of my way to go back to when I can go downstairs and eat for like twenty dollars and have a really fantastic meal. <coughs> so, well, I'm like thirty. Yeah, not twenty dollars. Thirty bucks. So, well, like thirty. So I can go down to Chefs de France and you know book it. But Monsieur Paul's pretty openly available for reservations. So yeah, it's you, an easy restaurant. It, it's yeah. an easy one to get. So. so, all right. Well, there you have it. That's uh, that's our look at your choices for the best table service restaurants at Epcot, and that'll do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next week with another episode of the Disney Dining Show. Have a great week, folks.